Psalm 59 is a song of appeal and assurance. David appeals to God for defense from men of bloodshed. He appeals for safety and security from his enemies and that God would in turn humiliate them. Amid his appeal, there is an assurance that God will come and deliver him. The psalm was written for the choir director to be sung in worship. It was set to Al-Tasheth, meaning do not destroy. There's some irony there in a song of destruction set to the tune of do not destroy. As well, the superscriptions tells us that it is a miktam of David. Now a miktam is an atonement psalm. He's praying for atonement, likely for himself. As well, the superscription states that it was written when Saul's men were sent and watched the house of David in order to kill him. And so we have the setting given to us here in the superscription. Now, Psalm 59, this song of appeal and assurance, is very simple, straightforward. Verses 1 through 9, we'll look at the appeal. And then in verses 10 through 17, we'll see the assurance. So let's begin with verses 1 through 9 of Psalm chapter 59. Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Set me securely on high, away from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who do iniquity, and save me from men of bloodshed. For behold, they have set an ambush for my life. Fierce men launch an attack against me. Not for my transgression, nor for my sin, O Lord. For no guilt of mine, they run and set themselves against me. Arouse yourself to help me and see. You, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to punish all the nations. Do not be gracious to anyone who are treacherous in iniquity. Selah. They return at evening, they howl like a dog, and go around the city. Behold, they belch forth with their mouths, swords are in their lips, for they say, Who hears? But you, O Lord, laugh at them. You scoff at all the nations because of his strength. I will watch for you, for God is my stronghold. In David's opening call to God, he begins with deliver. Literally, tear me away, snatch me away. God, act dramatically and get me out of here. David's enemies are defined as those who rise up against him. Lord, defend me from them. Literally, set me on high. Lift me up to a place of safety. And it is indeed God who is the one who not only can defend David, but deliver him. You know, when we look at ourselves and we're praying to God for deliverance, we, need, we must also pray to God for defense. He will set us free, but will need his security to keep us. Now, he defines his enemies here as workers of iniquity, literally workers of trouble, workers of wickedness. He calls them bloodthirsty men. In Psalm 28, verse 3, workers of iniquity is used there to, de to define those who speak peace to mask their evil. They're killers. They're seeking to kill David. Having identified his enemies, he describes their activities. They've set an ambush. They've set a trap for him. They want his life. They want his soul. They're stalking him. But these men, though they're referred to as the mighty, are not the mighty men of David. They are not the instruments of God's judgment. That's why David goes on to say they, they don't gather, they haven't gathered together because of David's sin. 
They're coming against me not because of my transgression nor my sin. Now, when we think of the word transgression, the word transgression here, pesha, means rebellion against divine authority. And then we have the word sin, hatatat, which is a faulty action. We're literally missing the mark. Here's David's enemies. They're running. They're preparing for a battle through no fault of his own. David hasn't done anything justifying this attack. And because the attack is unjust, God will be just in delivering him. Because of his righteousness, David calls upon the Lord to act on his behalf. Awake to help me. Now, let's be clear here. God does not sleep. Psalm 121 verse 4. He who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. So what does it mean when he says, awake to help me? He's responding in a very human way because he views God's present state as inactive. God is seemingly inactive because his enemies have multiplied and become aggressive. So when he cries out, wake up, Lord, open your eyes, Lord, look at what's going on, Lord. And, and here's the beauty of, of this psalm is that God never rebukes David. So that, that tells us that this statement is not made arrogantly by David. David is not mocking God. He's not being blasphemous, or excuse me, blasphemous. But what he's doing is expressing his heart desire. This is how I'm feeling at the moment, Lord, and I need you to step in. Because notice how he identifies God. You are the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel. You are the commander of the angels. You are the covenant-keeping God of Israel. And I need you to go into battle for me. Punish the nations. Do not be merciful to the wicked transgressors. That word punish there means to, to judge them. And notice it's universal judgment. He's saying, listen, now don't just go after my enemies. Go after all of them. Go after all the nations. Now, he doesn't just want his own problems resolved. David's thinking bigger than that. David wants all evil destroyed. He wants God's justice to reign. And I think it's interesting that when we are in similar situations and we're praying, we're so selfish because so often we pray just for our own need. But David, even in the midst of his bad situation, was still thinking about others. Now, in verses 6 through 7, David compares his enemies here to wild dogs. Like wild dogs, they love the darkness of the night. They're out on their evening hunt for food. They're growling as they go through the dumps and pillage for what they can find. They belch with their mouths. Now, you know, what, what, what difference does it make if they're belching? What is David trying to uh, express here? Well, the picture becomes clearer in the final clause of verse 7. Swords are in their lips. Okay, uh, In other words, violence is coming forth from within them. They're speaking freely. Why? Because according to them, no one hears. But they're wrong because God hears. And David hears. But more importantly, God hears. Now, what we discover here is that David's enemies are speaking evil of him. They're plotting against his life. They're attempting to undercut his authority with verbal attacks, but now some violent physical attack. And this exposes them for who they are. They're evil. 
but the God of truth will judge their lives. Remember, they speak peace to David to his face, but behind his back, they're treacherous. And so David confesses his faith, but you, O Lord. You know, we need to remember, whenever the darkness closes in, whenever there's a, a, a wild dog growling and nipping at our heels, wherever the sword appears, remember, the solution is in crying out to God himself. In verse 8, David sees God laughing. He derides all the nation. Here's God high and lifted up above all the earth, and he's scoffing at the sin. He's, he's mocking the presumption of those who rise against him. But this is not a laugh of indifference. Okay? This laugh is a laugh of warning. Ha, ha, ha. You think you're going to get away with this, but you're not. As we read in Psalm 2, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold the kings of the earth in derision. He shall speak to them in his wrath. Now, as we move to verse 10 to 17, we see David's assurance. We have the appeal in verse 1 and 9. Now let's see the assurance in verses 10 to 17. My God in his loving kindness will meet me. God will let me look triumphantly upon my foes. Do not slay them, or my people will forget. Scatter them by your power. Bring them down, O Lord, our shield. On account of their sin of their mouth and the words of their lip, let them even be caught in their pride. And on account of curses and lies which they utter, destroy them in wrath. Destroy them that they be no more. That men may know that God rules in Jacob to the ends of the earth, say la. They return at evening, they howl like a dog and go around the city. They wander about for food and growl if they are not satisfied. But as for me, I shall sing of your strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of your loving kindness in the morning. For you have been my stronghold and a refuge in the day of my distress. O oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. For God is my stronghold, the God who shows me loving kindness. God is his defense. His refuge. God comes to him out of mercy with covenant love and God will let him see the desires on his enemies. That is, God is going to allow him to see his enemies judged in the way he has expressed in his desires. And what David prays for, David gets. He prayed for deliverance, he prayed for defense, and that's what he receives. He calls out to God to act. Lord, here's what I want you to do. Then he tells him why. And then he again tells him what he wants to do. He begins with the negative in verse 11. God, don't slay the wicked. Don't let their destruction be quick, lest Israel forget about his judgment. Rather, I want you to scatter them. I want you to make them wander. I want you to make them homeless. And then he says, bring them down. Overthrow them. O oh Lord, my shield, our shield. Here we see a reference to God's power and his role as defender. The basis for his request is simply this. They speak evil. Sin is in their mouth. It's in their words. They're prideful. They're, they're uttering cursings. These cursings are most likely hexes of some kind. They're lying. And I love when David prays, let them be taken in their pride. Let them be trapped by their own rebellious self-exaltation. You know, they're trying to curse David, so David turns around and puts a curse on them. The repetition in verse 13 of the verb destroy 
is for emphasis. The destruction is going to be utter. It is going to be complete. God's wrath will burn up his enemies. Now the noun for wrath here comes from the Hebrew term for to be hot or to burn. God's anger is like a devouring fire. And uh, when his wrath comes, his enemies will no longer be. They, but they will know that God rules in Jacob because he's the king of Israel. Now, any time in the Old Testament when Israel is called Jacob, particularly in the Psalms, it's describing God's people theologically. Okay? When they're called Israel, it's political uh, name, but uh, Jacob is a theological name. Uh, he says God reigns among his people. His sovereignty extends to the earth. Uh, and so when he judges not just David's enemies, he's going to judge all the enemies of the righteous. And then he is going to establish his sovereign lordship over all things. And so while there's an immediate answer here, there's also an eschatological answer. You know, the, you know here, here's David. You know, we'll say uh, 900, 930 uh, B.C. And he's prophesying of an event that is still yet future to us. But it will happen. Verse 14 and 15 uh, is a variation on the same refrain found back in verses 5 through 7. Again, he's characterizing his enemies as dogs looking for food. They're going around howling at the moon. Uh, David knows that God will answer his prayer and he will be his deliverer and defender. Uh, and I love the next part here because he goes on and he says that his enemies are on the prowl, but what's he doing? He's worshiping the Lord. I'm singing of your power. His singing is vocal and it's public. He's not just singing in his own mind to himself. He's singing aloud. That word aloud, to sing out, was to give a ringing cry. You know, he's not just, you know, humming this quietly to himself. Everybody can hear his song. And uh, the song centers on God's power and mercy because he has been his defense and refuge in his time of trouble. Verse 17 repeats the thought, God is David's strength. Therefore, David will sing praise to him. You know, as we think of Psalm 59, we see here the deep assurance that the God who is our shield, who is our refuge or our hiding place, is the God who comes in his Son, to overpower the devil and his demons. John writes, You are of God, little children, and have overcome, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Later he adds that God keeps us because the wicked one does not touch him, 1 John 5, 18. Indeed, as 1 John 3, 8 says, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so as David sang Psalm 59, a song of appeal and assurance, we can too, regardless of whether our enemy is of this world or of another world, specifically the devil and his minions. Father God in heaven, I thank and praise you that we can make our appeals to you and that, Lord, when we appeal to you uh, for uh, defense, for defeat of our enemies, we have an assurance because of your power and your mercy that you will deliver us. You are our shield and our refuge, and for that we thank you and say in the name of your Son, Amen.